0: What that meant to be um, a part of a disciple, the life of a disciple. Week two, we talked about the function of a disciple. The function of the disciple. Last week, we talked about the journey of a disciple. And this week, the last week, we're going to talk about the future of a disciple. Y'all say the future of a disciple. The future of the and again, just for you guys tuning in online or you in the room with us today. Uh, You can follow along all of our notes on our app. You can follow along there. Take notes on the app as well. Keep up to date with all the latest information. You can go back and listen to sermon series and messages uh, on the app as well. So we want to let you guys know that that is available. But let's just open up in prayer, and we're going to go ahead and get started. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for another um, uh, awesome opportunity it is to come into your presence. I thank you, Lord God, that today that the word, that will fall on good ground. I thank you, Lord God, that we would know without a shadow of a doubt that our future is bright. That, Lord God, that no matter what our current circumstances may seem like, that we can look to you, Lord God, with hope and with faith and know that our future is greater than our past and even greater than right now. And I thank you that faith would drop in our hearts today to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, we're talking about today again the future of a disciple, the future of a disciple. And you have to know without a shadow of a doubt that your future in God is great. Despite what the enemy tries to lie to you and say, look at your current circumstance, because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to look at how things currently are going right now to get you discouraged, to get you frustrated to get you in a place of fear and doubt, to say, look, there's no sense of moving forward. You might as well just quit and give up. But that is a lie, that there is a great, great future for each and every one of us who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? You're watching online. You have to know that your future in Christ is great. As a disciple, we have to know that our future is greater than our past and it is greater than right now even. You say, well, it's great right now. That's good. It's going to get even better in the future. But we have to know that before we move forward in the message. You have to know that your future is great. Say, my future, my future is great in Christ Jesus. And it will be. It will be. Your future will be great in Christ Jesus. So today, we're going to I'm going to give you three things that a disciple looks forward to in our future. These are three things that future uh, as a uh, in our future as a disciple that we look forward to. The first one is this. If you take your notes, you can write this down. The first thing that we look forward to is this. We receive vision. Receive vision. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, it says, Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets. Some translation says, write the vision and make it plain. So that a runner can carry the correct message to others. So that the runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for what? A future time. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. That's a word for somebody right there. If it seems like it's slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be what? Delayed. It will not be Delayed. So the first thing with the vision is this, is that when you receive a vision, write it down. There's a couple reasons you need to write it down. Write it down so you won't forget. <laughs> you don't want to forget because how many times have God spoken something to you or shown you something that you just forgot about? Not because you just meant to, but just you just you. you it was a moment. Oh, God, that was great. But you just forgot to write it down. and You just completely forgot about it. And then some time later, you'll read something to trigger and it'll revisit that thought, but it's not as clear as it was in the time that God gave it to you. So that's why it's so important that when God gives you a vision, you write it down and make it plain so that when you receive it, you can clearly see this is what the Lord uh, spoke to me. Because one thing that all of us need in our lives is this, is that, or this, is, this will make sense to you. Vision dictates where you're going. Vision dictates where you're going. Because if you just walk, get if you get out of your seat right now and you start walking and you see a brick wall in front of you, your vision will tell you, I don't need to start walking, I need to turn because if not, I'm gonna walk into this brick wall. But your vision, it dictates where you're going. If not, if you have no vision, you don't know where you're going. You lost, as they say, is a goose was it a goose in a hailstorm. You just lost. You don't know where you're going. But vision dictates where you're going. And so when God gives us a vision, we have to write it down so we can, first of all, understand it and make it plain. And then over time, it will become more clear what God is trying to speak to us. Amen? Amen? Write down the vision so you won't forget it. And this is, and also, when God gives us a vision, this is an opportunity for us to prepare for what's to come. The reason God gives us vision is for us to begin to make preparations for what's to come. Because when God gives you a vision, sometimes he'll just give you a glimpse. He doesn't give you the full picture. And the reason he doesn't give you the full picture is because he needs you to make preparations in order to receive the fullness of the vision that he has for you. But it's up to us to begin to make those preparations to say, okay, God, you gave me the vision. Now I have to begin to prepare myself to receive the fullness of the vision that you gave me. There's so many times that I've been in prayer or just reading the word, and God will show me something in, in my through my spiritual eyes, and I can see it, but then I have to ask myself, now I have, to make, I have to start making preparations for what God has shown me. Because if God shows me something, but I never make preparations, guess what? It's going to be very hard for me to receive it. Because he's going to say, what have you done to prepare yourself to receive what I have for you? And the vision should motivate you to begin to make preparations for what's become. To come, And what does that mean? That means when I, God gives me a vision I start make, p- making preparations, that means my pursuits begin to change. That means the things that I begin to pursue, they start to change a little bit because God has given me a glimpse of the vision to come. So I know that the things that I'm pursuing have nothing to do with what God has shown me. So guess what? In, in my preparations, I have to change my pursuits. Yeah. So that means I might have to pursue God's presence just a little bit more. I may have to pursue God's word just a little bit more. And the things that I were pursuing, maybe these things are hindering me in the preparation mode for what God has for me. And the thing about preparation is this, is that when you begin to make preparation, it makes the vision clear. It makes the vision clear. Think about it. When a husband and a wife find out that the wife is pregnant, everybody's excited. You're excited. Oh, yeah, we're having a baby. And then the first thing you do is you go to the doctor. You go to the doctor. They confirmed that, yes, you're indeed pregnant. Funny story, when Tamara and I uh, first got pr- uh, married, we were married two months into our marriage. She said, I think I'm pregnant. I said, I think you're lying. <laughs> I was like, this, this is too early for all this. Like, we just, oh, we've only been married two months. What means you mean? You pre-? And she was like, well, I think I am. And she took a pregnancy test. We bought a couple of them. And she took one, and sure enough, it said it was positive. I said, these things, you can't trust these things. I said, you can't trust them. I said, let me take one, and I'm going to show you that these things do not work. And I took one, and guess what it was? Positive. I'm just playing. It was negative. It was negative. And I was like, oh, man, so okay. I was like, so maybe you might be, maybe you're not. We, but we just need to go to the doctor to confirm. And so she made the doctor's appointment, and we were sitting there with her doctor, and she's talking to us, and she's doing tests or whatever, and then... She walks out the room, she comes back, and tomorrow said, I just want to confirm I am pregnant, correct? The doctor said, oh, certainly, you are pregnant. And she said, now do you believe me? I said, yeah, I guess, I, I mean, I can't deny this now. But I was really excited. It was just a shock that two months in, that we were pregnant. But once I, we both realized that, hey, she really is pregnant, what we began to do was make preparation for the baby to come. And the more that we began to make preparations for the baby to come, during the sonograms, we found out, the sex of a baby, now it's even more clear. Nope, it's a boy or a girl, it's a girl. So now we can begin to uh, come up with names. It's a little bit more clear now. The baby's getting an identity. We come, it's a little bit more We can make preparations to the room and buy clothes and different things like that. And the, the more we begin to prepare, the greater the vision of who the baby, of Camden, Camden coming, became even more clear as we began to prepare. Because no one has a baby and just to know that and say, well, I guess we'll just wait till they get here. And then we'll start making preparations for the room. We'll start doing all that when they get here. Well, you shouldn't do that. But excited parents, they can't even wait. They, as soon as they find out that, oh, I already have this in my uh, shop, in my, uh, what do you call it? In, my, um, in my, my cart. You know how you put stuff in the cart and you can add it. I was like, oh, I just need to pay for it. Now, it's already in the cart. I already got it in the cart. I just need to pay for it. But you're so excited because you're making preparations for what's to come. And that's the same thing with God's vision. We need to begin to make preparations for what's to come. And when you do, it becomes clearer and clearer. The vision becomes clearer and clearer. But we need to receive a vision for the future. If you say, I don't know what my future looks like, ask God to give me a vision, give you a vision. Say, God, give me a vision for my future because right now I'm stuck. I I don't really know what to do. Ask God for a vision. And guess what? He'll give it to you. Amen? Amen. That's the first thing, the the future of a disciple. We receive a vision. So now that we received the vision, we wrote it down, we made it plain, uh, we start making preparations. as As we're making preparations, the vision is becoming more clear. And now we do the second thing, looking forward to our future, is this. We wait for an assignment. We wait for an assignment. And in Luke chapter 24... Verse 46 through 49, it reads, and he said, yes, it is written long ago that the Messiah must suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message will be proclaimed in all authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There, There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And just as God makes the vision plain, he will make the assignment plain. So as he's speaking to his disciples, he's telling them, hey, I'm going to die, but in three days I'm going to rise, arise. And then not only that, but you are to take this message into all over the world. But don't leave. Stay here until the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you receive power from heaven. So that's the assignment. They're, they just So God gave them a vision. All through the time that they were following Jesus, he would give them a glimpse of what's to come. But they didn't see it in fruition. And now he's speaking plainly to them. I'm going to die. But I'm going to arise in three days. And when I do, I want you to take this message into all the world. But don't leave. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit fills you with power from heaven. And then go out. So that's the assignment. So when you get the vision, God will give you the assignment, and he will make the assignment plain. It's not going to be any confusion. It's going to be very simple what the plan is. Because you can think, think about the disciples. For at least three years, they followed Jesus, watching him perform miracles, seeing him preach sermons, heal the blind. Uh, raise the dead. They send them perform all these miracles. I'm pretty sure that everything they saw is like, when are we gonna get to do this? When is it gonna be our turn to get to do some of this? Because this is awesome. This is. And then he sent them out, and they began to do those works. And they, but what, what what were they doing? They were waiting for an assignment. They were waiting for an assignment. But this is the thing about an assignment. Don't move until you get an assignment. Don't move until you get an assignment because sometimes people get a little anxious get a little ambitious I've been saved for a little while I know a few scriptures so I'm going to start and do my own thing because I ain't got time to wait I'm just going to get out there and I'm going to make it happen that's why they say some were sent and some just went (laughs) and I just want to tell you right now if you're one of those and I'm saying that this is none of y'all are watching online but for the ones that just went boy I'm telling you That is a difficult task to do if you just went without an assignment from the Lord, because what you're doing is you're doing it without the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave them assignment, but he said, wait here until the Holy Spirit comes, because the assignment that God gives you, you can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no way you could do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's why you need to wait for him to clearly give you the assignment before you say, I'm just going to step out and do something. Because when you just step out and do something on your own knowledge and your own strength and your own wisdom, I'm telling you, I mean, it could work out, but chances are it probably won't. Because you're doing what you feel like you're called to do and not the assignment that he's given you. And there's been times in tomorrow and now's life where we felt like, man, I know that there's more, that God has more for us, that we, that we should be doing more for God. And I remember there was one season This was before we came to World It was like we just both felt like, man, I feel like God is calling us to do more. But we didn't have an assignment. So what did we do? We were faithful to what God has placed in front of us. So whatever God had placed in front of us, we said we're going to be faithful to serve, to, to do the work that God, the assignment that we're on right now, we're staying on this assignment until God gives us another one. And then eventually he opened up the door for us to come here. And then we say, that's it. We, 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 uh, we knew it was more, we just didn't know what is. it is. But we're not just going to start jumping out there and doing stuff because we feel like we should. Because sometimes your emotions, they can deceive you. Your emotions can deceive you because you could just get antsy and just, I'm just, I'm, it could be, I'm just tired of this routine that I'm on right now. Just the routine of life that I'm on. I just, I just, you ever heard, I just need to change it up. I'm, I'm just tired of this routine I'm on. I just, I just need a little spice. I just need to shake things up a little bit. So I think I'm going to just go and make it. And you make these big life changes without an assignment or instructions from God. And then you get out there, you're like, well, I don't know why I did that. It seemed like a good idea at first. But now, man, I don't know about this. I think I need to go back on home. <laughs> what is that? You stepped out there without an assignment from God. But more importantly, not without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because in this preparation stage of when God, he gives you the vision, he gives you the assignment, this is your opportunity and part of the preparation stage to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Why do you need to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do, but most importantly, he will tell you what not to do. Sometimes we need to know what to do, but most of the times we need to know what not to do. Because there are a lot of times in our lives where we just say, you know what, I'm not sure what it is, but I know it's not that. I know it for certain it's not that. And there was a, a situation where tomorrow and I, we were serving on the same youth leadership team. We weren't even dating or anything at this time. But a lot of the people that we serve with, that we ministered with, that we saw awesome things take place in the kingdom of God, like salvations, radical salvations, people getting delivered, demons getting cast out. We saw some amazing things take place, but all of a sudden, people just started leaving. They just decided, well, this, this is serving God is too hard. You know, I think it's time for a change. I'm missing out on living my life for serving God. And people just started leaving, dropping like flies. And then we're like, well, I don't know what they're doing, but I know that's not it. And when you cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. You're saying, what has the Holy Spirit instructed me to do? And I know for me, he didn't tell me to leave and go do my own thing. And come to find out months, years later, they're miserable. They're they're living a lifestyle totally separated from God. And now we're seeing a lot of them come back to God. And they spent all those years chasing what they thought was, oh, I just felt like I was missing out on life. What they really want to do, I just missed out on partying. I missed out on drinking and clubbing and doing all this and, and, and dating all around. And they, they, that's, they felt like they were missing out on something. And so they left the faith. But then they got out there and realized, you know what? It was better right here. Why? Because they didn't, well, they did cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but at some point they stopped pursuing. And when they stopped pursuing that relationship with the Holy Spirit, they missed the assignment that God had for them, or they walked away from the assignment. Don't walk away from the assignment. If God has placed something in front of you, don't walk away from it. Be faithful to that assignment until he gives you a new one. Because he will make it plain. Amen? Amen. So the first thing, he gives us a vision. You receive the vision. You make the preparations. Second thing is uh, you get an assignment. This is the third thing Third thing in the future of a disciple. Now, This is not one of those points that everybody likes to hear, but I promise you it's going to get better at the end. The third thing about the future of a disciple is this. Trials and sorrows are to come. I know y'all don't want to hear that, but trials and sorrows are to come. See, somebody said, oh, Jesus. I just want to warn you, they're coming. But fear not, it's going to get better in the end. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. I want to read a few scriptures for you, and then we're going to talk about it. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. So if you're walking through some fiery trials or some trials right now, don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I mean, I was serving God, and I, I just don't understand. I thought it was supposed to get easier serving God. Things are supposed to be perfect. I just I just don't understand. Don't be surprised. Is what it says at the fiery trials that you're walking through. As if something strange are happening. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of receiving his glory when it is revealed to all the world. That's a good ending, right there. Instead, be very glad, for these will make these trials will make you partners with Christ in his suffering. I want to be a follower of Christ. Okay, you're going to have to follow him in his suffering as well. But get, don't, don't worry, though. The joy that you will receive in the end is far greater, and you won't even remember those trials that you walked through. Those trials that you walked through, you would look back on them things like, man, they was hard, but guess what? The reward that I received for walking through it, it was worth it. It was far greater than these little suffering that I walked through. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5, it says, We can rejoice, too. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. You say, why keep walking through these trials? God is trying to build your endurance and strengthen your character. (laughs) And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Some people, I'm walking through these trials, I'm so disappointed. No, it doesn't lead to disappointment. It does if you allow it to, but that's not its purpose. For we know how dearly God loves us, but because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Psalms chapter 107, 28 through 29, it says, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. If you're walking through a storm, all you have to do is cry out, Lord, help. And guess what he would do? He will calm the storm to a whisper and still the waves. All you have to do is call out to him. You find yourself in a storm right now? Lord, help. I need you. Not, God, you see what's going on. Why don't you step in? No, no, that's, no that's, that's not it. Lord, help. Yes, he sees. He's waiting for you to call out to him. And when you call out to him, then he'll step in. But he's waiting on you to initiate. John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Help us, Jesus. But take heart because I have overcome the world. And to me, that is the greatest promise right there. Yes, many trials, yes, we're going to face many trials and sorrows, but take heart because we know that the one that has overcome the world is with us. He's with us. So no matter what you walk through, how difficult it may seem in the moment, do you know that the one that has overcome the world is with you. Yeah. And the same power, the same strength that was in him to overcome the world, guess where it resides? Inside of you. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means you're going to overcome too yeah. if you don't give up. That means if you have faith and you trust in him, guess what? You're going to walk through these trials and you're going to walk through unsor- unscorched, not touched by the flames, walking out purified, sanctified, character strong, enduring strong, faith strong, looking at the devil like, what you got now? Yeah, yeah. And, oh, no, sir, I don't want to mess with you no more. You, ooh, I see you got faith. But what is he trying to do? He's trying to, the devil's trying to test your faith as well. Mm-hmm. He's trying to see, Oh, wh- wh- what's, wh- let me see what they're really made of. Let, let me see if this talk about following God, if you're really true to this. Mm-hmm. And when the trials come, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. But there are three types of trials in life. There are three types of trials in life. You can write these down. The first type of trial is self-inflicted trials. What is that? That's because of your disobedience and poor decisions. Self-inflicted trials. We all have been there. Those are no fun. And those are the ones we like to blame God God, but If you would have stepped in, I wouldn't have to make these decisions and do all this. Nope, nope, nope. That was your decision. God didn't tell you to do that. You told yourself to do that. Self-inflicted. Those are self-inflicted trials. And usually, self-inflicted trials are the ones we walk through the most. And we look at it as like, God is just testing me. No, God not. That's your decision. (laughs) He's not testing anything. He's just allowing you to receive the consequences of your decisions. Those are self-inflicted trials. We don't like those, but we walk through them. Second type of trials are just trials of life. What is that? These are everyday trials. These are financial trials, relationship trials, life decisions, dealing with your emotions. These are everyday trials that we all face. These are trials of life. We just all go through the trials of life. At some point, you say, well, my finance not, well, your finances finances might be, might be good, but your relationships are kind of jacked up right now. It's like these are just trials of life. Everybody goes through them, everyday trials. And the third type of trial are these. These are fiery trials. These are things that blindside you. You don't see them coming. They can cause extreme trauma. This is the death of a, uh, the sudden death of a loved one. This is, you get a health diagnosis that you're like, wait a minute, I was healthy, what, what, what are you talking about? These are things that knock you off your feet that can just, t- they try to take you out. Fiery trials try to take you out. And we walk through, and thank God, these aren't things you walk through your whole life, but at some point of our life, we all gonna walk through some fiery trials. But when you do walk through fiery trials, you have to know this about them, that fiery trials are there to refine you, to purify, and to sanctify you, to provide strength for what's to come. When you walk through a fiery trial, you have to say, I'm going to allow this fiery trial to develop me and to strengthen me for what's to come. Because I know on the other side of this, God has something great for me. And I want to receive what God has for me, so I'm going to walk through this As difficult as it is, but I'm going to let this fiery trial uh, uh, renew me, refine me, purify me, sanctify me, strengthen me, make my faith grow stronger in God. Because on the other side, I know there's a great reward that I will receive if I walk through this trial. But you can't give up. Because we walk through trials. And some people have been in fiery trials for a while, and they just get tired, and they just give up. They say, you know what, I've, I mean, I've been walking through this for a while, and I'm, I'm just tired. And they give up. And then they never receive a reward. For, it's like, if you're going to walk through it, you might as well walk through it and gain something from it. Because yeah. you're going to have to walk through it anyway. If you can't get around it, it's like we all have to walk through it. No matter how difficult, you say, well, it's unfair. That's just the result of the sin nature. We walk through things that sometimes we just don't understand. Well, why did God, it's the sin nature of this world, the fallen state of humanity. There are going to be things that we walk through that sometimes they're just not fair. It is not your fault. You had nothing to do with it, but still you find yourself in a place where it's still something you have to walk through. And those are very difficult to walk through. I'm telling you because I've been in there myself and walking through some things myself. But you have to say, you know what, I'm going to take courage because I know the one that overcome the world is with me. And as difficult as it is, I'm going to walk through this. And I'm going to let this trial refine me, sanctify me. Whatever, God, whatever you want to do in me, do it in me because I know something great is waiting for me on the other side. John chapter 17, verse 24, it says, Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. This is Jesus talking to his father. He's praying. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began. Everything that Jesus walked through, it strengthened him for more understanding and sensitivity to those that were following him. It strengthened him and gave him a greater understanding and sensitivity to the disciples that were following him. Think about it. All the things that Jesus knew that he was here for one reason to die for our sins, for humanity. He knew that, but along the way, he chose 12, and however many of them that followed him as well. And the more he walked through difficulties, the more sensitive he became in understanding about the affliction of humanity. The more he saw Peter ask dumb questions and say, well, Peter's not just asking dumb questions. He's human. He's, asking, he's, thinking, he's just saying what we all thinking." And he saw the humanity and say, and he saw the, the struggle that Peter had with his anger. And he saw all the different things that, that, that his disciples walked through and he saw their humanity. But what it did was it gave him a greater sensitivity and understanding for who they were to say, Father, I didn't lose one of those that you gave me. I care for those that you've gave me because I walked with them. I, I, I did life with them. I ate meals with them. I prayed with them. We did ministry together. We we healed the sick together. We traveled together. And all the things that he walked through, as difficult as it was, it also gave him a greater sensitivity and understanding for those around him. Yeah, yeah. Because when you walk through difficulties, really what it is, is God is using it as an opportunity for you to strengthen those around you. That's right. That's because there are going to be people that have walked through similar situations, might not be the same, but similar situations that you've walked through that you can say, Trust me, I may not know exactly how you feel, but I've been in similar situations. This is how I overcame. And just that word of encouragement in your testimony can encourage someone to say, you know what? If God did it for you, he could do it for me. And he will. Because the word says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So that's why it's important that you walk through the things that God has placed in front of you so you can have a testimony to help not just for you to overcome, but to help others overcome as well by the result of your testimony. But if you never walk through it, you have no testimony. You just have a well. Here they come complaining again. You don't know how difficult my life is. It's just hard out here for me. I just don't know. Things just don't seem to walk through it. Allow it to refine you. Amen. So that's the third thing. The um, I forgot the third thing. What's the third thing, y'all? Trials and sorrows are to come. This is the fourth and final thing. The reason trials and sorrows are seem difficult, but you have to look at it this way. When you walk through it, you let it refine you, you let it purify you, sanctify you, build your faith, there's one thing on the other side of this that we all need and we all can receive, and that's victory is mine. It's victory. What's on the other side of these trials that you're walking through? Victory. What is the enemy trying to get you to walk, to to stop? Why does he want to quit, make you want to quit in the middle of those trials? Because he don't want you to receive what? Victory. Victory. Because he knows at the end of this stuff that you're walking through, victory is yours. Say, victory Victory is mine. mine. You just got to walk through it. Victory is yours. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that Know that he no longer loves us if we are in trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, what is ours? Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. It didn't just say victory, it says, overwhelming victory is ours in Christ. Who love us? So you have to say, not only do I have victory, I have overwhelming victory. That is your future. We said, what's my future as a disciple? Overwhelming victory. Mm -hmm. And you have to stay. And you have to declare that. You have to believe that. You can't just say overwhelming victory. No, (laughs) you have to. I have overwhelming victory. You ever talk to somebody that's confident? That's kind of borderline cocky. Like it's like they confident in what they're saying. And even if they're lying, you believe them because they're so confident in what they're saying. But it's like, you have to have, I'm not saying lie, but you have to have overwhelming confidence that I have overwhelming victory. Because my confidence is not as myself, because I know it ain't there. My confidence is the one that overcame the world. It's in Christ Jesus. And if I am in Christ Jesus, that means overwhelming victory is mine, as long as I stay in him. As long as you stay in Christ Jesus, overwhelming victory is yours. But what about my finances? Overwhelming victory is yours. But what about my marriage? Overwhelming victory is yours. What about my relationships and my health? Overwhelming victory is yours. Whatever you walk through, overwhelming victory is yours in Christ Jesus. You just have to stay in them. And you're going to receive, and that's not my words. We just read it in the scriptures. That's a promise. Overwhelming victory is yours. You have to begin to declare it. You know, you ever played a game before? And then in the middle of the game, even before the game is over with, like you playing Taboo, something like that, or you're playing a game called Where You Going? And even before the game is over with, you know that the victory is mine. Victory is like, I already know the victory is mine. And you begin to celebrate you put the championship belt on, you put your finger in the air, and you're declaring victory before it's over with because you know what's to come. You can see it. You can taste it. You're like, victory is ours. And then when you get it, boy, you can rejoice. That's how you have to look at your future. You have to say, I don't have it right now, but I see it. I know it's coming. And when you get it, you celebrate in Christ Jesus that victory is what? Mine. It's mine. Victory it's mine. they laughed because we had a game night the other night and the fellas destroyed the ladies. That's, what, that's why you hear the giggles. Because victory is ours. Amen. <laughs> jo- uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or what? Discouraged. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you where? Did it say some places you go? Did it say some of the time? It says where? Wherever Wherever you go. Be strong and what? Be strong and courageous. Well, that's just not my personality. That's not a personality. (laughs) Be strong and courageous. Be strong. I'm just kind of shy. That shyness doesn't have nothing to do with being strong and courageous. That is a, a something that you pick up by faith, yeah. that you say, you know what? I'm going to be strong in spirit. Yeah. I'm not going to be discouraged. Discouragement is a choice. I don't know if you realize that or not. You choose to be discouraged. You say, why are you looking at me like that? Because it's true. I don't want to be discouraged. Well, stop being discouraged. <laughs> That's your choice. You choose to be discouraged. I'm not forcing you to be discouraged. God is not forcing you to be discouraged. Discouragement is a choice. You have to shake yourself and say, you know what? I'm going to be strong and courageous. And I love it says, do not be afraid or discouraged. If, this, if it was, God would just say, pray to me, and I will take away discouragement. Is that what it says? Does it say, if it was to say, pray for me, and I'll take away, then that's what we would do. But it says, do not be afraid or discouraged, meaning that that's something that you have to do. You have to not be afraid. You have to not be discouraged. Well, I just can't shake myself well. Keep on then. But it's telling you, do not be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous. That's a choice as well. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with you wherever you go, as long as you stay in what? Christ Jesus. If you stay in, you watching online, if you stay in Christ Jesus, he is with you wherever you go you go. So when it comes to your future as a disciple, overwhelming victory is yours. It's coming. But you have to begin to declare it even before you see it coming. Don't wait till you get it to declare it. That's great. But start declaring it before you can even see it. Because what it's going to do is it's going to build your faith. Mm -hmm. What it's going to help you do is get over discouragement. What it's going to help you do is get over doubt and fear. When you begin to declare things like I'm speaking this by faith, even though I don't see it yet. And guess what? it's going to cause the victory to come that much sooner because God's going to say, Oh, look at my son and daughter. They're standing on faith. Your faith has encouraged me. Bam, there you go, victory. But you have to begin to declare it by faith because I know that God is with me wherever I go. So I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be discouraged. For my God is with me wherever I go. And I know because of that, victory is mine. So what is in my future? Victory. It's mine. Begin to declare that over yourself, over, whatever, over your situation. Whatever that is. If you're facing a tough uh, decision, you have to declare right now, victory is mine in this decision. Yeah. Victory is mine in my future. And declare it by faith. And I felt like the most appropriate way to end this sermon series is we're going to make some declarations. Yeah. So I want you to stand to your feet. You watching online, if you're in your car, you're at the house, wherever you are, stand to your feet as well. We're going to make some declarations. So I want you to declare this by faith. And I don't want you to say, I declare. I want you to I, I want you to say it with some boldness. Because, you, you know, boldness is one of the words you can't, I have boldness. No, boldness. Like, you got you to, gotta, I want you to say, I declare. I want you to mean this and speak this by faith. So I'm going to say it and then you repeat after me. Amen. Amen. So this is what we declare about the Lord. Y'all ready? ready. I declare, I declare he, alone is my refuge, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. My place of safety. He, is my God, he is my God and I trust him. And I, trust him. I declare, I declare he, will he will rescue me from every trap, from every trap and, protect and protect me from every deadly disease. He will cover me with his feathers. He will shelter me with his wings. I declare his faithful promises are my armor and protection. I declare I will not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that flies in the day. I will not dread the diseases. that stalk in darkness darkness, nor the disaster that strikes strikes at midday. midday. Though a thousand fall at my side though ten thousand are dying around me these evils will not touch me. me. I declare declare, no evil evil will conquer me. No plague plague will come near my my home for he will order his angels, to protect me wherever I go. I declare, because of God's love for me, when I call on him, he will answer. He will be with me in my trouble. He will rescue me and honor me with his presence and power. He will reward me with long life and give me his salvation Salvation. I declare I I am a disciple of Christ I am am blessed and favored favored for a thousand generations generations. I am a hero maker maker, and victory victory is mine come on y'all give the Lord a hand clap man you have to begin to declare the word of God over your life don't you feel so much encouraged now don't you feel a spirit of strength and victory coming over you right now to walk through whatever that you're walking through? Declare the word of God. Declare, every day you declare the scriptures over your situation. Declare the word of God over your family. And just begin to declare. And I'm telling you, overwhelming victory is yours. There will be nothing too difficult for you to walk through because you know overwhelming victory is mine. Amen? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now for a spirit of victory. To continue, Lord God, to grow stronger and stronger in our spirits. I bind discouragement and fear. I bind doubt right now in the name of Jesus. But I thank you right now, Lord God, that a fresh uh, anointing would fall on us, Lord God. A fresh uh, favor would fall on us, Lord God, that we would walk in the authority and the power that you've given us the same power, the same authority that rose Christ from the dead, it dwells on the inside of us. And I pray that we will begin to walk in that power, walk in that authority to retain and to receive overwhelming victory for our future. Even in our presence right now, I speak to present situations right now, and I speak overwhelming victory. I speak to future situations, and I speak overwhelming victory right now in the name of Jesus. I bind doubt and confusion. I buy insecurities right now, but I thank you that overwhelming victory drops in our heart, that faith is arising right now in the name of Jesus, that when we walk through trials, that we won't look at it as something as strange as happening to us, but we will consider it joy because we know that it is an opportunity for our faith to grow and for our doings to grow stronger. I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. Overwhelming victory is mine. Just begin to declare that and speak that out of your own mouth. Overwhelming victory is mine. Just say, come on, y'all got to do it better than a that like you mean it. Overwhelming victory is mine. Thank you that overwhelming victory is mine in Christ Jesus. Lord, as long as we stay in you, we receive the victory right now. There's nothing that we can't overcome. There's nothing that we can't walk. There's nothing too difficult for us if we remain in you. Because we know that you are with us wherever we go. I thank you for right now for the spirit of victory. The spirit of victory in our hearts that it will continue to grow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to give one more final invitation. You can keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. That's for anyone that wants to come into right relationship with God. As I mentioned, overwhelming victory is yours in Christ Jesus, but that's the thing. We have to be in Christ, and we have to remain in Christ, and I just want to give an opportunity. I'm not going to prolong this. You know if you are right with God or not. You're watching online. You know if you are right with God or not, and I just want to give you an opportunity to, to declare or to come into an agreement that say, God, I want to be in right standing with you, and if that's you, whether you're online or in the room, no one looking around. On this, at the sound of my voice, I want you to lift your hand if you want to come into right relationship with God. And I want to pray with you that you will receive salvation and come in right relationship with God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to just ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you asking that you forgive me of all of my sin. Lord, I lay down my life at the foot of the cross, and in exchange, I receive your forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace in my life. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me, for washing away my sin. I love you, I honor you, and I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Amen. And if you made that decision to follow God, you're watching online, drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made that decision. We'd love to uh, connect with you throughout the week. And if you're in the room and you made that decision, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. Fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket on the way out, and we would love to connect with you as well. But man, that was it. The four weeks of Hero Maker. Did y'all enjoy that series? Man, you are a hero maker. Go out there and make heroes to those around you. Uh, but before we dismiss, have got a couple of announcements we want to give you guys. Uh, this uh, Wednesday at 6.30, we will have Life Group. Life Group returns this Wednesday, 6.30. We have men's groups, we have ladies' groups, young adults' groups, and we even have kids' groups. The kids have groups as well. So join us, 6.30. We'll share a meal together. Then we'll break off into our groups, and we're going to have a great, great time. You're invited to that life groups here at the church this Wednesday, 630. Also, we would love to invite you to come worship with us next Sunday at 10 a.m. as well. But if you're prepared to give online, we want to uh, give you that opportunity. There's a couple ways you could do that. You could go to our website at newlifemobile.org. On the homepage, there's a tab that says Give Online. You can give there, or you could download our app and give on the app. So we're going to pray for the tithes and offerings for those giving online and then you guys are dismissed online. Lord, I thank you today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for the generosity of your people. I pray, Lord God, as they give, that you will bless the seed that they're offering today. I pray that you will stretch it, that you will multiply it, that you would grow it, and that, Lord God, that you would use it to fund the kingdom of God and advance the kingdom. And I pray, Lord God, that a blessing will fall upon them and their homes, Lord God, and everything that they touch, that it shall be blessed. And I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Again, you're welcome to join us this Wednesday, 630, for uh, Be, uh, for Life Group, and also join us this Sunday at 10 a.m. for service. We love you guys. Have a great, great week. We will see you this Wednesday at 630. Amen.